Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Just gone 7 o'clock on a Thursday evening. Welcome to episode number three of Repco Race Control with McIver and Murphy. G'day, Murph. How are you, buddy boy? How you going there, Stephen? Yeah, I am good. Thank you, Gregory. We have got a hell of a show for you tonight, folks. Uh, Murph had a chat with uh, Scott McLaughlin earlier today, and you'll have the whole interview a little bit later on, before 8 o'clock this evening. I've had a chat to Billy Fraser, who had a great weekend at St. Petersburg as well. So there is a lot to look forward to as well. And shortly, we're going to be talking to Hayden Patton, because he has got some very exciting news to tell us all. Uh, Thomas Randall Murph, the young the young boy driving, it'll be the Castrol Mustang. Staying, won't it for Tickford, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yes, uh, young Thomas. Um, he's been around the traps for a little while now. Spent a lot of time overseas and been back in Australia now for, oh, was that three odd years doing Super 2 and a few other bits and pieces. So making his official, I suppose, yeah. uh, full-time a debut. Mm-hmm. He's done a, um, a few rounds, though, and um, successful in Super 2. He's won that championship back in 2020. And young Bree Morris, the Formula Ford driver, who we think is the first woman to win a Formula Ford race in New Zealand ever and she won two at the weekend so we're going to have a wee chat to her but here's the, here's the fun part if you want to be a winner with our good friends at Repco here's what's happening tonight and we're going to make it text only tonight because we've got a busy show not like us to say text only but this is what we want you to do if you want to win the Repco dartboard text us the answer to this question if you were going to be chauffeured to a flash do who would you want as your driver and why if you were going to be chauffeured to a flash do, who would you want to show for you and why? Can we say party? Oh, okay. Fla- okay. Instead of do. <laughs> why don't you like do? So Australian. <laughs> who would you want to who would you want to show for you, Murph? Oh. Ah, you see. There I don't you think go. you're gonna put me on the spot. Yeah, okay. well, well, actually, I know I, I have been chauffeured by you many, many years ago around the back streets of Sydney. Uh and right. and I'm I don't want you to show for me, okay? Because you put the heebie-jeebies up me. In fact, it right. was it was no, you were safe as houses, but I had to change my pants afterwards. But uh, mm-hmm. I th- I think I think I would like the late Ed and Senna. Oh really? Yeah. I, well, it's you know, if, if he was alive, you know, I'd, I'd like have Ayrton Senna to drive me. Wouldn't you like that? Hayden Patton would be all right. Hayden ha- Patton would be okay. Actually, well, why don't we check on him? Hayden Patton joins uh, Repco Race Control right now. G'day, buddy boy. Yeah, go guys, how's it So would you happily uh, show for one of us to a flash party? Uh, well, I'm pretty sure we're taking Greg around a bit, actually, so um, <laughs> I don't know how we get done in the co-driver's seat, though. <laughs> You're telling Not you what very to good. do. And we, and we've got to I, get, I go right, I go right as a... Well, so I go right as a co-driver uh, with Hayden. Um, that's okay because he knows what he's doing. I'm Here not we very go. good with most people. Yeah, he would never put it this way. He will never let me drive. Oh, he's done it once. Actually, done it once when we we're doing burnouts. Okay, uh, what's the news? Uh, we've been hearing snippets of information. Would you like to tell us what the big news is? Because we know it was embargoed up until three and a half minutes ago. 
Uh, yes, so uh, we're obviously pretty proud that we've put together um, together with Hyundai New Zealand their own uh, Kiwi team to take on WRC2, so a two-year program. Um, this year's, I guess, a, a bit of a build-up to a full campaign for 23, obviously out to try and win the World Championship uh, in WRC2, and then obviously Rally New Zealand plays a big part of that this year as well. So pretty uh, big couple of years ahead of us as well as all the the uh, yeah the ongoing stuff in New Zealand as well. So um. But no, super proud to do this with our own team. That's probably the biggest aspect of all this as well. It's not just John and I going going over on a plane. We're, we're taking our boys and we've got a good group of guys here and um, we're going to do it the Kiwi way. Uh, so how many all up, mate, uh, do you need to go and uh, take this on? People. Yeah, it's going to be a, a moving target um, because we we are got the programs in New Zealand this year as well. So there'll probably be six or seven of us go over this year um, and that will have to increase up to probably 10 or 12 uh, people next year. So, yeah, the plane bill will be creeping up, but um, it's a small price to pay to make sure, you know, we've got a good group of guys there. Well, you must be pretty relieved uh, this week to obviously uh, hear all the changes going on and uh, lack of uh, uh, isolation and the likes. That must have been a, a bit of a, a weight off. But um, how many rounds uh, are you expecting? Which ones are they that you're going to do this year? Yeah, so to begin with this year, we'll head over at the new car we're ready from Hyundai Motorsport in May. Uh, so we'll head over then, and we may look at doing some smaller European events to sort of get used to the car, learn it, and then we'll go into WRC Estonia, uh, Finland, um, of course, New Zealand, and we may look at Japan uh, at the end of the year as well. Um, so probably four or five events uh, out of the country, and then it's all about this year putting the building blocks in place for the team to, you know, a lot of our team haven't done any rallies out of Europe. Um, for us to develop the car so that we can hit the ground running um, next year to, to try and win that championship because naturally I'd love to win it this year but you've got to be realistic as well we've, we've got to do this in a methodical way What was John's reaction when you said hey do you want to go go racing again? Well it's been what 17 years now so it doesn't really we don't really have a we're like an old married couple you know <laughs> when you just sort of nod and you sort of know what everyone's thinking um, so, but he, he's as keen as anything to get in the car. Like, uh, we just can't keep him out of it. So, um, yeah, it's it's an awesome um, thing that both John and I have uh, put together. And, you know, he's been there since day one. It's cool to now do this with our own team, with John still in the car as well. So that's a big, uh, important part of it. Um, so with WRC2, uh, give us a bit of a rundown exactly on what that is for those that don't know what the vehicle is and what you're running, what's going to be. And also, um, those regulations in WRC2, they've been, I think, they've been pretty much the same for a little while and they're obviously going to stay the same for a little bit longer as well? Yeah, so the WRC2 is the main feeder class to the WRC, so much the same as um, Formula 2 to Formula 1. Um, so we're in the same rallies at the same time, just in a slightly lesser car. Um, and, as, and as much as we'd love to be in a WRC1 car, um, you know, at that level you need tens if not hundreds of millions of euros budget per season to run a car like that. So just not feasible for for us. But WRC2 is um, still a great uh, opportunity for us and um, a lot of good competition. There's probably a lot more competition than WRC1. Um, a lot of the guys that we were competing with two or three years ago are also now in WRC2 just because there's no seats. Um so the competition level is very high and we're going to have to work pretty hard for it. But yeah, the cars are a uh, known quantity. Um, we haven't driven this new i20N yet, um, so we've obviously got to get our heads around that. But yeah, it's not too dissimilar performance-wise to the AP4 we have in New Zealand. So we're used to that performance level. We've just got to learn a new car. Uh, and so what happens to the EV project? Is that put on the back burner? No, not at all. That's uh, still flat out. Um, we're just waiting on parts uh, development-wise at the moment out of Europe for that, and then we're still hoping to complete in its first rally this year. So 
that's why I say it's going to be between what we're doing overseas, also still doing New Zealand Championship this year, and we're hoping to have the EV competing a lot more, particularly in the second half of this year. Um, it's fair to say it's going to be pretty busy. You must be pretty stoked to come back and uh, race Rally New Zealand, though. Oh, I think we're all looking forward to it, and, and like Greg said, the, the quarantine rules and that um, sort of loosening up a little bit is, is certainly going to help with that event going ahead. Um, you know, quarantine could have been the killer of that event. So, uh, you know, if we carry on on, on this um, direction, then I think it's, it's looking positive for the rally. And, um, you know, we haven't given up the hope of trying to be in a World Rally Car or WRC One Car, um, but some of that's out of our control as well. So we'll focus on the things that we can control, which is, of course, uh, the um, Hyundai New Zealand Rally WRC Two program. Just quickly, Hayden, how long have you been working on this quietly? Uh, we've been trying to get back for about two and a half years. Um, it's not through a lack of trying that we haven't been over there, but um, this year, well, six months ago, when we sat down here in New Zealand, we just said, hey, look, enough's enough. We've got to take matters into our own hands here, and we've just got to make it happen. And, you know, your point about the quarantine, this year we're just spitting the bullet, even with that quarantine, we're still there. We just said, hey, look, we're going this year. Um, nothing's stopping us. We've been sitting on the sidelines for a couple of years now, and, and we probably can't afford to be doing that for too much longer. Genuinely happy for you, mate. That is the best news. Uh, it's, it's a great way to start the show, too. Congratulations. Can't wait to see you ripping around uh, the world on the gravel again, buddy. Great. Absolutely. Well done, support. mate. Thank you. All right, there you go. Hayden Panso just confirming that he's back in the game. Uh, they say that, Murph, I thought it was called Rally 2, not WRC 2. You know, they have Rally 1 and Rally oh. 2. They change all the names all the time and bits and pieces, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, it is, it is you know, it's the next level down, but, um, you know, uh, fantastic. I mean, can you imagine the amount of work and effort and uh, phone calls and planning and stuff that's had to go into that? And obviously huge support here from Hyundai New Zealand and, and yeah. a bunch of other people, I'm sure, as well, to make this happen. It's a big commitment considering the travel, you know, that, that travel to... Uh, over the other side of the world to some of those uh, some of these places, um, geez, it's it's mammoth. So yeah. massive commitment, not just from him, but all the the guys that he has working there at um, Patton Rally Sport. I think it's cool too, a whole new Kiwi team. Uh, so the first rally they've got is Rally Estonia, runs 14 to 17 of July, and then it's followed by Rally Finland, 4 to 7. And remember, of course, you can be a winner with the Repco and the Repco dartboard. Quite simply. Uh, Tell us who you would like to show for you to a flash party and why. Uh, someone's already said, uh, Dave said, Murph, because you know you get there fast, be on time, and he's a bay boy like me. Uh, Michael in Wellington says, I'll have Michael Schumacher talk about motor racing and V8 and Grand Prix racing. So if you want to be in to win that dartboard, uh, get on the temper bedpost text line, double eight double three, and be into it. Stick around. We talk supercars next because guess what? It's back tomorrow. Seven fourteen. This is race control with Repco McIver and Murphy. Wherever you are, run Aotearoa. You can get on the phone line and have a chat to us on oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Or if you want to be able to win that Repco dartboard, uh, tell us who you'd like to drive you to a party and why. Double eight double three, which is the Timberbed Post text line. Maybe you'd like uh, Castrol Racing Ford Mustang driver Thomas Randall to drive you because he joins us right now. Hey Thomas, how are you? Hey guys, how are you going? No, we, we are good. Uh, how are you feeling on the eve of your first, you know, full-time season? <laughs> oh, look, it's, uh, it's pretty fantastic. And, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing really good. Sorry to, uh, to uh, miss your question before, but it's, it's all just, uh, yeah, pretty surreal. I mean, to think it's, uh, it's been a lifelong dream of mine to try and get to this point, and it all starts tomorrow. So today is just preparing for the, for the weekend, and it looks like it's going to be going to be pretty wet. So we'll just try and put our best forward and, and see what we can do in the in the Castrol Mustang. 
Yeah, hey, mate, uh, thanks for coming on board again. Hey, you just give us a rundown at the moment what's happening over there in New South Wales and in, in Sydney. I mean, we saw on the news tonight, uh, Windsor, which isn't only not far down the road from you, completely underwater. Um, what's what's happening at uh, Sydney Motorsport Park at the moment? Well, look, it, g'day, Murph. And, and yeah, like, like you touched on, it's, it's pretty awful. And, and just not even only in New South Wales, in uh, in. In yeah. North regional New South Wales, Lismore, and and you know a lot of places in Queensland, it, it's it's pretty awful what's going on. So to think that we're pretty fortunate to well race this weekend is um you know we're very we're very lucky, but um yeah there's only there's some places not that far away from the circuit that are that are flooding. Um there's there's bridges that are flooding, and I mean we're kind of lucky that we're not too close to you know big rivers here, but the, the track is still fairly a fairly low elevation but um the actual circuit is okay the, the biggest concern at the moment for everyone is is when you run off track and uh, and trying to get mm. recovery vehicles out there because that it's so muddy and and the prospect of of getting bogged is quite high so that i think that's quite the concern at the moment but i mean it was we were meant to get probably a lot more rain today than we actually did so we'll see what happens over the course of the weekend. Thomas, I spoke to Andre Heimgartner this morning, and he said it's quite a, it's a hell of a challenge to start the season with two seventy-seven lappers. He's not wrong, and not only that. I mean, in the dry is one thing doing a three hundred kilometre race or two three hundred kilometre races, but in the wet it's actually harder because it's not harder on the body physically, but it is on the mind. You know mentally it it's so challenging because in the dry you, you kind of get into this autopilot of knowing where the braking markers are the turning points that you know your throttle pick up points but in the wet your eyes are like dinner plates because every lap every corner the grip levels are just changing ever so frequently and the visibility is not there night race you know you've got reflections from the lights and there's so much going on so i think the the challenging thing or you know the, the thing that'll be interesting to see across all the drivers will be you know the, the recovery from Saturday Saturday night race to the Sunday race I mean it's it's less than 24 hours between the races and we've got to rest and regroup and, and get straight back into qualifying Sunday morning for a, an early Sunday afternoon race. Mate, um, this whole supercars game is, is not uh, new to you. And I, I brought up uh, some stats using uh, the mighty Wikipedia. And I, was, I do remember it uh, very vividly because I remember talking to you a lot about it because it was actually a pretty, a pretty good weekend for you. You actually debuted in the main game back in 2019 at the Bend. That is right, isn't it? That's correct. Yeah, that was my, yeah. my introduction into, into, full, uh, into the main game, correct. Yeah, I mean, and that I remember how excited you were about that, um, you know, given the opportunity, and obviously things then started to really uh, play out. You did Bathurst, you did Surfers, uh, Sandown um, that year as well uh, as a co-driver, and it all started to really s- sort of fall into place. But tell, you know, just give us that feeling now that, um, you know, you've now jumped through all those hoops, you've, you've done some um, wild cards as well, and now this whole thing is starting um, in, in that full-time nature. I mean, there, is it relief? Is it excitement, anxiousness? I mean, you're not, you're not new to these cars anymore, but, you know, um, that, that whole reality of it actually happening must be, must be huge. Oh, and absolutely. And, and um, you know what it's like, Greg. I mean, it's certainly relief, excitement, and I think the anxiety's a lot, you know, almost gone or it's a lot less because there's, 
I mean, there were so many times there where you're just trying to prove yourself on the track and trying to do everything right to try and get a main game seat. And, you know, each year that ticks by is another year that you're, you know, you're older and less opportunities are presenting themselves. And we kind of went into each, you know, each year of, I need to win this championship. Or it's, to me, it's, it's personally a fail if we don't. And, you know, 2020 was the year that I, I won the Super 2 championship. And then, you know, I had... Well, at the same time, I was battling, um, you know, testicular cancer, and, and then that sort of in my mind of, you know, maybe people don't want, uh, you know, someone who's got this issue, but we're able to prove that that's that doesn't hold me back. And I mean, it's just been a roller coaster on and off the track. And I think this year, being my rookie year, it, it sort of feels like that pressure's off a little bit because, you know, in a way, <laughs> I can uh, I can afford to make these little mistakes. And I mean, not that I want to, but it's um, you know, it's, it's a year where I can try and learn as much as I can, act like a bit of a wet sponge and just soak it all in, get things off my teammates, um, pick up as much as I can and, and then apply that to the future. But, you know, I'm still going out there with the mentality of wanting to do the best job I can and if we can pick up, a, you know, podium or even a win or, you know, who knows what, what could happen. I mean, it's, you know what it's like. It's motor racing. Anything can happen. Thomas, how did, how did um, testing go and what did you learn about the car? Oh, look, testing went quite well. I mean... So the Victorian teams tested a track called Winton Raceway in, in uh, regional Victoria, and the testing uh, was quite, or the temperature on the test day was quite hot. You know, track temperatures of around 50 degrees. So I mean, we were trying to work on um, improving the car in areas that suited um, areas at Sydney Motorsport Park. So trying to resemble corners here. So I think we learned quite a lot, and um, I mean, this track wasn't exactly kind for. Uh, the Tickford cars in, in 2021. Um, so I think, well, hopefully, if it is dry, I think the cars will be stronger. And, um, you know, even if it's wet, I think we had quite a good wet package here as well. So there was no wet practice at, uh, at Winton. So um, we'll see what happens in the wet here. But uh, I think it's going to be one of those weekends where it's just going to be interchangeable weather and, and uh, probably an en- engineer and driver's headache, to say the least. Mate, um, again, I was just looking through and remembering, because I remember meeting you many, many years ago. It must have been about, uh, probably around 2013, actually. It was just as well, I think we were packing up uh, Tasman Motorsport out in uh, Dandenong there, and uh, you and your dad were floating around, and you were just sort of kicking off your, your motorsport back then, weren't you? That's correct. Yeah, that was um, the team I was driving, driving for at the time actually moved into that premises in Dandenong South, and yeah. uh, I think you were just, you yeah. were just getting out of there. Yeah, we were just we were just buggering off, and you were just beginning. And and listen, I look at I look at what you've done, look at where you've been, look at the time you've spent um, racing overseas, uh, in, in you know quite a few different championships. You've raced here in New Zealand, the Toyota Racing Championship, um, as well. Um, I think was it the best one? You finished tenth, I think, in two thousand and fifteen. Is that right? Oh no, you finished. Yeah. No, no, then sorry. I won it. Then I, I won no, the championship. And then, in and then you won it in two thousand and seventeen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've done so much stuff. You raced in uh, Formula um, V8 3.5, Renault 3.5, um, yeah, a whole lot of different stuff over in, in, in Europe there. What was the, the sort of the key thing that, that made you change your direction and, and focus on on coming back to Australia and focusing on supercars? Was it just the, the roadblocks over there and the money that was the problem? Yeah, and, and as cliche as it is, that, that really was it. I mean... We wanted to progress into, I mean, 
we weren't really sure what we we're going to do in 2017. Then we did the Toyota Racing Series and we won the championship, and that's when we thought, okay, maybe the open wheeler dream can still live on. And uh, I stayed in Europe for 2017, but at the end of the year, the next step was just at, you know a budget target that was impossible. And um, you know that that was at the point where we came back and uh, at, 20, at the start of 2018, uh, we signed with Pickford Racing to contest the Dunlop Super Two Series. So pretty much since then. It's been a supercar focus. And, I mean, when I was in Europe and, and living in the UK, I'd pretty much stay up um, and watch all the supercar rounds anyway. So I've always had an interest uh, in, in supercars. You know, I used to watch it when I was in Australia and growing up doing Formula Ford, F4, all that sort of stuff. We were supporting categories for the supercars. And, you know, I've, I've yeah, always followed it. So the dream initially was trying to get into F1 as a lot of young drivers' dreams are. And, I mean, we can see at the moment, I mean, someone like Oscar Piastri can't, can't catch a break and yep. he's, he's won consecutive Formula 3, Formula 2 titles. So that, that, that just shows how, how cutthroat it is over there. And um, so we came back to Australia. And, I mean, it's cutthroat over here, but just try to do everything I could over here. And I've been very fortunate that, um, yeah, it, everything's, I guess, the stars have finally aligned for me in 2022. Well, Thomas, we're genuinely excited well, for you, and I think you sound pretty excited as well. We've got one question for you. Uh, if you were going to a party, who would you like to be the chauffeur? Oh, well, I've got to say, I've never had Greg Murphy drive me around, so oh. do you think that's a reasonable decision? Uh, is it a reason? It'd be, it'd be a pleasure. <laughs> it'd be a pleasure because, um, Thomas, uh, you are one of the, the nice young men in the sport and uh, love talking to you and uh, spending time with us. And I just really hope, mate, she's going to be a, an absolute ripper of a season for you. I know you've got the tools. I know you've got mentally, physically, everything you've got the tools to do it. And, uh, mate, um, just put your head down and get it done. Good on you. Yeah, no, cheers, Greg. And I, I look forward to hopefully seeing you at, at a racetrack really soon. Yeah, we're... We'd like to see him there too. Thomas, good luck, mate. We're looking forward to seeing that uh, Castrol, Castrol Mustang flying around the track. Thomas Randall, and uh, part of the Tickford team. Uh, that's nice. Murphy wants you to drive him around. Lovely. Hey, how about this one, though? Uh, hi, guys. I want this year's IndyCar champ. Look, this year's IndyCar yep. champ, Scott Dixon, to drive me to his championship <laughs> party. Come on, Scott guys. Scott Dixon? Hey. Oh, he said Scott Dixon. Hang on. Moko, what are you talking? Don't you mean Scott McLaughlin? Well, if you do mean Scott McLaughlin, hold the phone. Coming next, Murph one-on-one with the winner from St. Petersburg, round one of IndyCars, Scott McLaughlin, right here on Repco Race Control. The 28-year-old Kiwi has sustained the pressure. Scott McLaughlin, he's got 56 supercar right, we'll wins. He is now an IndyCar go, race winner. Scotty Mack, thanks, mate, for your time. What a week it has been. Uh, New Zealand is, has been up on their feet applauding that result at St. Pete, mate. Um, I don't even know what to ask you. I mean, how are you feeling? This this is such a big moment. Yeah, it's surreal, Murph. Thanks, man. Like, uh, it's just the amount of people. And my mum and dad have said, like, you know, they feel like rock stars. So I, I can't imagine what they what they what everything's been going on with you know the the, the coverage of the race and yeah, the, my Facebook, Twitter, everything's been going off and just really proud to fly the New Zealand flag alongside Scotty. You know, um, he's had it by himself over here for a while, and I'm just glad to help him. And you know, it's uh, it was a very uh, surreal weekend, just out of the blue for sure. Um, speaking of Scott Dixon and other Kiwis, I mean. 
it's almost like you're in bloody New Zealand over here at the moment. There's Hunter McElroy, there's Billy Fraser, there's Scott yeah. Dixon. I mean, there's, there's Kiwis everywhere doing so well as well, mate. I mean, I mean, what a weekend. So proud to be a Kiwi. Yeah, I mean, I was watching the Indy Lights and the F2000s, uh, you know, support races from the truck. And, um, you know, when Hunter put it on pole, I was so pumped. Like, he did it on the last lap, same sort of thing as me. And, and um, you know, this was before my first practice, I think. And, um, yeah, super pumped. Text him and said, oh, man, awesome job. Uh, and then he's like, yeah, you got to do the same. I'm like, yeah, I'll try. And then it happened. And then he texts me and said, he goes, oh, yeah, I told you you're going to do it. So, uh uh, it's it's awesome to see a couple of young Kiwis coming through, and then yeah, Scotty was one of the first person to come and see me after my pole lap, and you know straight straight away down down the uh, pit lane there, and um, yeah, it's, it's it's we're a small contingent of people over here that from New Zealand, but you know we're punching well above our weight, which is really cool. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, let's let's talk about that qual side of things because. Um... Obviously, last year, uh, just such a massive transition, so much learning. We know all that. Rookie season. Uh, it was an amazing season, really, at the end of it all. I mean, we spoke about that last year. But, you know, the, the Achilles heel, if you want to call it that, um, was understanding those tyres and, and being able to turn them on to do that quali lap. And, you know, that, that held you back. I mean, clearly, race pace was fantastic so many times last year, but that qualification was, was such a challenge when it's so, so competitive. I mean, to turn that yeah. around and put it on pole. Yeah. I mean, far out. Yeah, it was. It blew, blew me away, to be honest. But we like, it's not from a lack of trying or understanding. You know, I worked my butt off. Um, as you know, I just it's just one of those things where I've just built a relationship with my, my 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 engineer and told him exactly what I needed. I gave him like a list of things like I just need to make me feel comfortable at, at the limit in these cars. And part of it as well, I think, is also learning the proximity of the race car, learning how close I can get to the walls and you know the limits of all that too. It's very different to the supercar, especially when you sit in the middle of the car, which you, you know it has taken me some time to learn the depth perception of all that. So, I, yeah, that that was one of the best laps I've done. Um, you know, and and it was just a, a a a cool thing. And I was very lucky because we. We really hardly touched the car throughout the whole weekend. So I was able to really maximize myself. I was able to go out and try different break points, different lines, you know, and figure out, you know, exactly where I wanted to be on when it, when it counted. And on the lap, uh, I, I knew it was a decent one. Um, I've actually turned my predicted lap time off. So I actually didn't know what lap it was on, uh, well, what lap I was on. That's just wow. another trick I've done. And uh, I just feeling the car driving and making it happen. That's interesting. Um, I mean, you've been one to use predictive lap. I mean, was that something that you and your yeah. engineer talked about and to get, to get rid of it so it's not a focal point? Yep. There was one day at the simulator. I was, I was, I couldn't get within three tenths of my best lap, and I was looking at the steering wheel too much. As soon as I turned it off, within two laps, I was faster. So my best time. Wow. So um, yeah, it's uh, you know that that for me was a, a big big change I did personally in the off season to just go back to the old me, go feel the car back in the supercars days. You know, I, I'd, I would use the predicted as a tool. You know, if I was up by a certain amount, I'd get to the last corner and I'd just, you know, bring it back a little bit just to make sure I, I completed the lap where he, you just can't give anything away. Everything's so close. So if I'm going into the last corner and you know, I'm going, Oh, I'm a 10th up. I'll just back it back just to make sure I get through this corner. Well, I, I can't. You've just got to hit everything. And, um, you know, I, I just 
said, no, let's turn it off and I'll feel the car and just break where I think I should break and kind of like a go-kart and make it happen. It's, it's, it's crazy. That, yeah, I find that so intriguing and I'm sure you and have looked at it and thought about it and, and maybe now you've um, exposed it. It's a, a big you call. Know, you know what I mean? Like it's a big, it's a big yeah, call because as you know, like we use it, we use it so much and it's, uh, it took some getting used to, but when I turned, I just felt so much more like I was just feeling the car, concentrating a lot more. It was, yeah, it's a, it's a little, maybe a little tip to some uh, younger drivers coming up through the ranks that, you know, sometimes that little piece on the dash is not exactly what you need. Well, that's interesting. I was always horrible at it anyway. I, I never ran the bloody thing because I was, I was the worst yeah. at it, looking at it and then making a mistake. Hey, um, so just, just going back to St. Pete, third time there too, um, just you're clearly comfortable. Obviously, all your prep on the off-season, all the work that you did do, but was there just that a little bit more sense of... of um, uh, happiness at a racetrack and confidence at a racetrack because you actually had been there a couple of times before? Yeah, for sure. I had so many notes from when I was there, especially the second time, um, about what I did wrong and, and um, what I could improve. And there was just little things throughout the lap that, you know, straight away in practice one, I was I was on it. And I felt like I was making, you know, good decisions around that. Um, it, 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 it definitely helps. And I can't wait to really go back to all the tracks this season, you know, knowing that I, I i've got literally a novel for each track of what i can do better and w- what you know what i can work on and i can't wait to sort of like put that into you know practice and and you know i know off you know middle high i know exactly where to break into turn one and you know road america i know exactly where to break into turn five like it's just that sort of stuff is like just muscle memory now and it's about now going and hopefully having a car like we did on the weekend where we don't have to change it too much and I can really just focus on my driving and, um, you know, we'll be in good stead. Well, that's another good tip for all the young drivers out there too, having that novel. And I know how much work you put in outside the car to create, you know, that information load uh, to be able to go back to and reference to. Um, and then, so the other part to that is, I mean, amazing achievement winning your first IndyCar race, but you got your first pole. Do you do you almost think that the the pole position was a bigger achievement in respect that you knew you had the car speed if you were at the front to actually achieve that and actually move forward at such a step from where you were last year? Well, like you said, Murph, it, it has been my Achilles heel. So that for me, I was fist pumping getting through to Q two. So when I like yeah. when I got we- to yeah. yeah, when I got to the fast six, I was like, oh, this is cool. And I, I've got a set of red tires that I've, I've only done one lap on. I might be able to do something here. Yep. Um, and, and it, yeah, for sure. I mean, that lap that I like, I put in, honestly, it was one of my favorite laps of, I've ever done. It was just, I, I put together everything that I learned throughout that session. It was a couple of times, you know, looking at Will's data throughout the session that I braked a little bit early and I cost myself a 10th and I knew I had it in me and I was about just going out there and just, you know, just getting it done. And, um, I haven't had that feeling for a good 18 months, you know, and, uh, it was, it, it certainly brought back a few memories from supercars and, and put in a lap together. And yeah, the, like I said, the Achilles heel has been qualifying and to finally sort of beat that and, 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 and prove that I can qualify uh, an IndyCar, um, was a really cool moment for sure. What did uh, what did Roger Pinsky say to you um, straight afterwards? He, 
he's like, oh, there's that 17 guy again. <laughs> Literally. So uh, he, um, he he was really pumped. Um, I think it was just, uh, it was a big day. Like just, you know, seeing TC and Roger and, you know, we were just, could, me and TC just sort of looked at each other. It was like, wow, from from that dinner in Darwin to in 2019 to this, who, who would have thought, you know, it's just uh it's a crazy way it's all happened and they were so proud and and i've said many times that they're the two people that you know kept me you know sane really you know they kept me being too hard on myself they just said look it's a long story not a short story and we're here for a long time we believe in you and what you can do it's just going to take time and you know they were right so it's um yeah always always listen to your boss <laughs> Well, I'm I'm stuck I'm stuck to the radio if you know what I mean. This is fascinating. Murph one on one with Scott McLaughlin. Stick around. It's twenty to eight on Repco Race Control. The second part of the interview coming up. It was a great chat I had with uh, Scott McLaughlin during the week. Part one has just gone, but part two is coming up. And I asked him if uh, the fraternity, the IndyCar fraternity, uh, all of a sudden stood up and took a little bit more notice of him in comparison to some of the other probably more fancied drivers in this year's season. You know, there was uh, a lot of hype around a lot of other drivers uh, going into this championship too. I mean, um, I don't know what it was like over there, but but certainly, you know, that from what we've been following and seeing, you know, the, the hype has been uh, focused on some other other drivers uh, heading into the start of the 22 season, and, and also rightfully yeah. so. Um, yeah. How's that vibe changed um, over there after after your Sunday Sunday race, is uh, the focus swift uh, changed a little bit more towards uh, the number three? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, there's plenty of articles going around saying that they're like, you know, he's uh, well, I'm a different definite sort of title contender, but I'm blocking it out as you can imagine. I'm just trying to focus on what I got to do. Um, but I knew on Sunday that we had a pretty good piece because I was pulling away from Colton Herder and. He's been stellar the last year and a half. So, um, you know, I, I was like, well, we, we, we've got a good, pretty good chariot here. And I was pulling away and, and uh, you know, that made me feel pretty cool because I've been consistently the last year trying to catch that guy and I've been seeing him pull away from me. So, but knowing that, you know, I just needed time, knowing the belief I had in myself to make sure I could, you know, just, just stick with it. It was going to come and, and it was just so satisfying when that first stint when we were just really controlling it it was just a, such a cool thing and i think it it showed that it wasn't just a fluke the poll and and, and and it has put our, our name up there and but you know i could quite easily find myself in 20th next qualifying like that's how tight the series is right now and i've just gotta i just gotta dot my eyes cross my t's and, and just keep working and um you know hopefully we're there at the end um i think the the first stint on the on the reds and how many laps you got and how you were able to maintain that pace uh, was, do you think that really helped set you up for the rest of the day and, and, and put in that position? I mean, no one else was able to continue on as long as you did at that pace on the, on the red tyre. Yeah, I felt, man, I felt really comfortable on the red tyre. Like, I feel like I could have got to where we needed to be, like the mid-30 laps to, you know, get our, our fuel in and keep our strategy rolling. The only thing that really cut the margin down was I caught up to the back end of the field who had pitted. Yeah. And they yeah. were on fresh blacks and I was still catching them. And I'm like, geez, this is this is pretty good. Um, but yeah, it really set me up. It put me in position. Um, you know, the yellow reset a lot of things, but it was, you know, what I've learned over the last year and a bit in IndyCar is you've really just got to listen to your strategist. You've Things are going to change throughout the race and you might be back in 13th, but effectively you're the leader if things work out. And 
I just had to keep cool and not make a mistake and keep Will and Alex Blow and, and Colton behind me. Um, and I knew that the race would sort of come come back to me once Scotty Dixon pitted and VK and a few others. So, um, yeah, it, thankfully it did. Thank, thankfully there was no more yellows and, and we were able to sort of charge on. Uh, there was no more yellows, but um, your golfing buddy there, uh, old Jimmy <laughs> Johnson, what, yeah. you know, he, you know, what's going on, mate? You're going to be, um, you know, punching on with him or, or what's going to happen on the golf course <laughs> next time? I mean, geez. Uh, I, Poor, I, made, I us all, made all me. our hearts go, bro. Yeah, he texted me after the race saying, well done. And sorry, I was just, you know, doing <laughs> my thing there. I said, was that because yeah. I took that much money off you on the golf course or what, what happened there? <laughs> but no, he, uh, he, uh, no, he was all good. Um, I get it. It's a team game. Uh, and he's well within his right to stay there. But the one that I was probably more yeah. disappointed about was the, the rookie kid at the end because, you know, we had two two laps to go and he was maybe six or seven seconds away from the next guy. Like, it's just etiquette. And I sort of uh, – it's, it's sort of – that sort of stuff, what goes around comes around, you know. And one day yeah. I'll be having a bad day and he might be going for his first one and I might make it difficult like he did yeah. for me today. So, it's just – that's uh, – you know, Murph, race drivers have long memories. <laughs> Yeah, we do. Yeah, mine's still pretty long. Hey, um, just <laughs> when when did you when did you feel? I mean, Polo was putting on so much pressure there at the end, but you looked comfortable. You never never really looked like you had to think about putting the car somewhere where you didn't want to. You were so confident, and positive, and and what was going on underneath you, um, even though he caught right up. But was it was it just the last lap? When did your brain have a moment of maybe thinking about you're going to win this race, or did you just control it right to the last time you go on the gas coming onto the front stroke? Yeah, once once we got past Jimmy and I realised that you know the, the blue flag guys were going to make it quite difficult, um, you know, I I actually really tried to check up Alex and not catch Devlin too early. So I, I brought the the lap speed a lot further back, and I was really focusing on just getting off turn nine, which is the run uh, on the back straight, and then uh, the last corner and the run to turn one. And uh, I, was, I was trying to bring that pace back, and then we obviously caught Devlin with three or two to go, and. Um, I knew that I just had to keep doing that speed of Devlin's, not get too close to him to lose downforce and make sure that Alex, you know, was at bay for me. And I still had to save fuel as well. So it was, I knew he had to as well. So he couldn't use push to pass. So it was just a matter of getting off those two, those two corners. Um, and, and yeah, I, I felt pretty good, but yeah, it's, it's, it's always distracting though. Like when a guy's, you know, very close to walls in front of you and you don't want him to make a mistake because it could check you up. It was a, it was a bit of a whole thing and my heart rate definitely jacked, but um, yeah, I felt like I had it in control for, you know, for the most part, I, I felt pretty confident at that point. Um, emotionally, mentally afterwards, you know, what was, uh, what was the thing that uh, got you the most there, mate? I mean, how obviously pretty physical around there for, for all those laps, a hundred laps. Uh, but mentally, was it the was it the one that wore you out? Yeah, it was mentally pretty draining, especially a street circuit with IndyCar. Um, yeah, like like I said, it was hot. Um, definitely was starting to get a little bit sore, like top of the shoulders here. Just you know, not having had much race racing, you know, for a good three four months. So, but was you know felt pretty good. Um, my heart rate dropped right down. It was like one seventy for the last lap or so, and then it dropped all the way back down to sort of. Oh, like like resting, and then when I got to victory lane, it peaked the highest it had been the whole the whole race. Uh, when I was jumping around and being an idiot, so um, as you know, I like to party. We, we had a good time. 
I bet, and well deserved. Uh, awesome to have Carly there. Obviously, obviously, your mum and dad not there, but they're watching. And as you say, they've uh, uh, been getting a bit of attention over here too, and, and rightly so to it, mate. Um, you've kept the Penske uh, run going there at St. Pete too. Uh, it wasn't um, Will Power, your teammate, though. That's that's done it. I think it's eleven out of the last sixteen wins for Penske at this place, mate. It's um, yeah. it, it is phenomenal, but. Um, I can't, you know, I think we're all just in absolute awe of, of what you've managed to, to achieve in your, in your date, well, your first race in, in 2022, mate. Uh, just monster congratulations from everybody here in New Zealand and, and everyone that's watching. I mean, we're all very proud of you. Um, I hope that you're proud of what you've done. Yeah, thanks, Murph. Yeah, it's definitely starting to sink in when we talk a bit of it more about it, you know, and, uh, but like I said, for me, it's just on to the next one. Like I've got to just keep focused and, you know, bigger, bigger fish to fry. And, you know, I'll probably look back on the end of the season and I'll be like, well, that was awesome to win that first race. But right now it's business as usual. I've just got to, I've got to keep pressing on. Yeah, you do, mate. Uh, a lot of races ahead of you and uh, we can't wait to uh, to see it and hopefully get over there and actually be, uh, be there in person as well. So uh, have a great one, bud. Yeah, thanks, Murph. Cheers. Scott McLaughlin talking to our very own Greg Murphy. Mate, nice interview, I've got to say. Uh, that was, and I don't think there's anything that more that needs to be said. He is in the zone completely, Murph. Uh, it was so lovely to hear. Uh, and, and he is so focused. It's not about him. It's about what he, uh, constantly improving the way he drives, the, the increments. Yeah, well, it is incremental, very much so. And there was some really interesting little points in there wasn't there about uh, what he's doing and which surprised me particularly the fact that he is taking away some of the tools because they aren't actually allowing him to drive the car as natural as he needs to so turning off that predictive lap and every race car driver that's um, you know driven a uh, you know, a race car with a digital board, dashboard and bits and pieces and a you know, dash and everything will know what predictive lap is. And, it, you know, you put in a lap time into the dash and then it tells you if you're up or down in certain sectors around the racetrack, if you're, you're faster or slower than, than what the lap is that's in the dash there. And he's, he's used that for years, used it all the time, and everyone does. Well, a lot of people do. But he's decided to turn it off and it because he wants to actually feel the car. I thought that was just so intriguing. I said that in the interview. And, and it's interesting because, um, you know, it, that's something that he's shifted and changed and learnt to do something different and, and pushed that to one side so he can, he can develop and move forward. And sometimes you get stuck on things, right? You think you have to have them. You've got to have that. And, and that's uh, something that he thought that he needed to have and then he realised he doesn't. And that's a, that's a really interesting piece of information that um, I'm sure a lot of, lot of drivers should take heed with and actually listen to. Yeah, you, you and I both know well. He he is sounding like a confident, confident man. Next race for them in IndyCar, March 20, Texas Motor Speedway, 600 case, around 335 laps or something, on the Oval where he finished second last year behind, well, the other Scott, Scott Dixon. By the way, uh, Moko, who Texas is on the text line uh, for temper and bedpost, says, OK, OK, I'll have championship runner-up Scott McLaughlin drive me. And oh. and Scott Dixon oh, to the Dixon Championship Party. Quote, Kiwis can uh, fly. Uh, Gary, yes, we have had Hayden uh, Padden on. Uh, the good, great news about Hayden Paddy, he's got a two-year campaign in front, front of him starting on July 14 and at Rally 2. And it's an all-Kiwi team driving a new Hyundai. And uh, just quickly, Murph, this is from Australia. Kia ora, Murph. Now the borders are down. When are you coming back to do the Foxtel commentary? 
Uh, well, sorry to disappoint him on that. Actually, was hoping that I would. I don't know if there was many of you. Um, <laughs> that uh, isn't going to happen, unfortunately. No. Oh, well, call. you know what? I'm going to miss you. But hey, just the most important thing. <laughs> no, you're not, because I'm going to see you every week. Yeah, every yeah, week. Every week. Supercars are back tomorrow at Sydney Motorsport Park. This is Race Control with Repco. More coming your way. Billy Fraser, not too far away. Just clocked over 8 o'clock on a Thursday evening with Race Control, brought to you by our good friends at Repco, and that Repco dartboard is still up for grabs. If you can answer the question and give us a great answer, who would you like to chauffeur you to a party? Thomas Randall wanted Murph. I thought he could have set his standards just a little bit higher, but that's okay. I've actually been driven by Murph. He can actually drive pretty well when he wants to. Uh, you still haven't come up with an answer with this one, bud. Who would you like to drive you to a party? Oh, I was Hayden. I just decided it was Hayden Pen. Did you really? Because he was that. He was the first guest. No, actually, I thought that was just what they call in and then in, in broadcasting a really good segue to get into the interview. Oh, well, it was that also. <laughs> uh, get us on the uh, temper bedpost text line. Uh, just double eight double three. Tell us who you would like to chauffeur you to a party and why, and you could win that Repco dartboard. Uh, before 9 o'clock this evening here on Race Control, brought to you by Repco. Okay, let's just uh, have a little yarn because Billy Fraser's not too far away. Uh, Liam Lawson, uh, I see Mr. Tost has already said he will be the young driver testing the Alpha Tori <gasps> F1. Oh Surprise. Oh, what a shock. Well, yeah, you're supposed to. Ex- I'm normally ex- waiting to see. Um, well, I've been excited about it for too long now. I've lost the excitement because I've, you know it's just been it's been being spoken about and known about for, for yeah, ages. Yeah, but it's apparently not official because you have asses. to wait for the contract and his manager's going to send us I mean. the e. And I'm going, ah, uh, whatever. If Mr. Tosses just won't says, get off their ass and allow it to happen, and yet the, <laughs> the guy who, who runs the team has already told everybody. <laughs> I mean, of course, well, I, I don't know why I thought it wasn't. You know why? Why we probably didn't think that was going to be the case. Probably because you know more than a lot of people job. know. And you're actually sworn no, to secrecy. You know? No, it's not that. It's 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 more about just looking at all the all the pieces of the puzzle that are presented and going, well, that fits into that hole. I mean, he he tested for. Uh, let's just get it straight. Okay. He tested for Alpha Tauri and did a hundred and what forty odd oh, laps in their F one car at Abu Dhabi, and they were raving about how amazing he was. Yeah. So it's like, uh, duh. What you're not going to get the drive? Of course he's going to get the drive. I think the question. Anyway. I think the question is what follows that this year and that drive. I think that's the that's that's the big question. Well, but he's he's testing again, really I mean, well in F two yeah. in Bahrain at the moment, isn't he? He's uh, first out. He was well one of the first out. He topped the timesheets and then I think he finished about fourth in the what they call the night session. Yeah, things cooled down. Yeah, they two sessions um, and they are about an hour and a half away from starting day two. Uh, in uh, Sakar at Bahrain. The F3 cars are currently out there testing at the moment. But uh, yesterday, yeah, he did 22 laps, uh, was the fastest in the morning session and then fourth fastest in the afternoon session. But tyres on that circuit, because it is such a brutal racetrack on tyres, uh, is such a key thing. And they've got different compounds and bits and pieces. So it's a little bit hard to tell, but um, he was fourth. Uh, last year's uh, last year, uh, Jahan Daruvila, who was... Uh, wasn't was his, team, oh, wasn't he his was teammate? Carlin. Yeah. 
No, he was at Carlton last year. Yeah. No, and uh, he's gone to Premier, so he was fastest overall uh, at the end of day one. But day two will be completely different again. Uh, great to see Marcus Armstrong up, actually up there too, uh, going very well and pretty strong at high tech. So fingers crossed for Marcus. He was actually seventh and seventh, actually, in both the sessions. So that's a positive start for him as well. So Kiwi's flying everywhere at the moment. Uh, we're not allowed to talk about the other young Kiwi from Christchurch at the moment, are we? I don't know. Did you find out? No, we're not allowed to. They always want okay, us to wait till next week. Okay, because well, there I want is to... some big news. Yeah, it is some big news. There but is we'll some talk... more huge news okay. for uh, Kiwi motorsports and well, young drivers well, t- about to well, it's be embargoed unleashed... till tomorrow. For goodness sakes, and it's not as if it's well, a... an embargo. Is an embargo, Stephen? Just calm. Why can't calm, we just break calm, the rules once calm. in a while? Come because on. someone will get angry and then they won't want to talk to us ever again. So, you know, it's the oh, way it goes. You're such a wise and sage old It'll man. be on Sky Speed on Tuesday, though. Yeah, oh, there, we go. there we go. Hey, um, do you know, a, hey, a, do you know a guy that. called Ben Stewart? Ben Stewart? Yeah. Do you know any restaurant? I don't, I don't know. Okay, so we've got this one. I would like young Ben Stewart to drive me to a party. He's a bit of a crap driver on the road, but a legend on the tracks. So that would be exciting. Oh. From Joel. Do you think okay. someone's taking the, taking their pee? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Sure. Uh, hey, uh, Joel, tell us who Ben Stewart is, okay? That, but, hey, appreciate the text. Oh, hey, Murph, that's sick you're not coming back. Again, we have to put over that one-eyed, oops, can't say that word, scafe. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. Hey, hey, what would you do with £40 million a year? What would I, oh, well, um, so have you worked that out from 50 million euro expected? Well, that's 40 is million. That, is that 40 is it, million? Is it, pounds? Million, or is it 40 million? I thought it was four. So, Max Verstappen, new mega deal, this. I read 40 million pounds. Well, Do, I think that's probably 50 million euro. Um, okay. So. Uh, I would like to know what I've always been intrigued about is, is how the hell the media. How the media know? I mean, these are contracts that are completely and utterly closed tight. You know, the only people that know anything about them is, uh, like in this case, it would be Christian Horner, uh, Dr. Marco, and Max Verstappen. Those are the only three people that will know the details of that contract. And yet the media seem to know what the number is before it's even been signed. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, you know, it's, I, it never ceases to amaze me. You know it's never fake ceases news, to amaze right? Me. You know it's fake well, news. Well, I know it is. It's just it's, ridiculous. But it's fun. I mean, how would you know? It's fun, though, it's right? Not. You don't think you don't well, find it, just it makes fun. everyone else feel like shit. That's what it does. It makes hey. us all feel like we're rubbish. No, you're because not. Because he's earning you're fifty million euro. Mate, no, no. Hey, do we need? As someone said to me, do we need to unpack this moment for you? Do we need to lie you down on the couch and have we chat? No, we don't. Are I you just sure? Find it ridiculous that they they're already estimating. But he will sign on, and he said last year he wants to drive there for the rest of his life because he loves them so much. So I, it will be a monumentous you, amount of money, I have no doubt. You know what? Still. I'm actually really excited about the F1 season because I want to see what happens when they... I am too. What they're, they're already starting to talk about how they can stop the porpoising. You know, they're bouncing up and down at the car. Oh, they'll find a way. And, and they're also struggling you know with why? the fact that it's heavier. Do you know why it's porpoising? Uh, Do you know why, they, why it's porpoising? Why is it porpoising? <laughs> Why is it porpoising? <laughs> yeah, you've you've seen the word porpoising, and now it's like, oh, they're porpoising. Yes, yes, they're porpoising. No, I jumped, hey, I'm just reading and following stuff. Right. Well, what would you well, call? There's some it? really good articles. That, there's some. No, it is, but called that, but you don't know actually what it is, do you? Well, I, all I can understand is that as they're heading down on a main straight, it's sort of. Um, well, what a, you know what a power porpoise dives in and out of the water, right? But it's well, sort, sort of, of like, I can't even, I'm trying to show yeah, you. Yeah, you know why it's doing it? No, you know that's my question. Okay, I'll send you, I'll send you an article, but it's, you know, 
it, it, it's quite interesting. It really is quite interesting what's going on there. Maybe, maybe you, you could tell people what porpoising is. Well, it's all to do with the, the, the ground effect of the cars. So the, the, the cars now, they've got rid of, obviously, a lot of topside aerodynamics that, that push the car into the ground to generate um, grip. And the 2022 cars, largely around ground effect. So they've got these big tunnels underneath the, the floor. They're not flat anymore. And it's all about uh, um, being able to bring the car down very, very low. Remember last, well, for ages now, we've seen the Red Bull with a lot of rake, the back of the car, mm-hmm. a long way off the ground when it's sitting still. Well, now that all the cars sit really, really flat because it's all about um, getting these tunnels underneath the car. The airflow goes underneath them to suck them down mm-hmm. onto the ground. Um, so what, what's happened there, they try to run them very, very low. But um, as the car comes down and the airflow goes underneath and they go over bumps and bits and pieces, what happens is the, the, the seal, basically as the, the floor has sealed itself to the ground, it, it's losing that seal ever so slightly every now and then. And what that does is so it, it's generating the suck with the ground and then it loses a little bit and then it generates the suck. So it's basically on, off, on, off, on, off. And that just starts that porpoise or that oscillation oh. in the car. Um, which is really, really interesting um, to, to watch. But they will they will get on top of it. They, I mean, there'll be some solution, and whoever finds it out first and gets on top of it. But they are talking about how interesting, interesting it's going to be in qualifying at the moment because they can't just simply raise the ride height because then they lose a heap of downforce and a lot of grip in other parts of the racetrack. So they, there could be a bit of a compromise going on. But can you imagine going down the race? I mean, and some of the vision from those cars has been... Quite amazing, you know, head-on shots, watching the driver go dunk, dunk, up and down, up and down, up and down as he's going down the straight. It's it's quite quite incredible. And it seems that they've all sort of underestimated, basically, you know, this, uh, this potential of this to be happening. And they've all got the problem. And so it's a bit of a dilemma at the moment. And um, certainly around, you know, the driver's being comfortable in the cars, it's a... It's a little bit, a uh, little bit interesting. So um, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But it's something to follow. And I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm like you, mate. I can't wait to see the start of this because the cars look fantastic. Um, is someone going to get on top of it and be head and shoulders above the rest? Unfortunately, Mercedes were one two at the end of the oh, end of the yeah, test at Barcelona, which was um, a bit annoying. Um, but anyway, that's a. Uh, there's a lot to happen. There's a lot to, to I, I, uh, unravel and unpackage. Well, there's another part of the whole design area that they're all struggling because they've got to have a minimum weight, right? And they're, 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 well, things they're are heavier. Heavy. They're, they're the now like 790. Heavy. Am I right? They're about 790 yeah, like, kgs, and they're all but they're all overweight. Apparently, a lot of the cars are yep. overweight. They've got budget caps, and they're sure trying to figure out how they how they scrape weight off. So there's a hell of a lot going on. I, I find it fascinating. Sad uh, too. The the Haas are in a bit of a mess because Nikita Mazepin, yeah. uh, whose dad is Russian, apparently has ties to Vladimir Putin. Yep. He's been told he cannot race. At the British Grand Prix, uh, the International Olympic yeah, Committee, sorry, the right. International Olympic Committee have come yeah. out and said uh, they don't, they won't let any Belarusian or Russian athletes compete in anything. So the UK Motorsport uh, Association have gone, well, you're not coming. Uh, but the FIA have not said mm. that. So the FIA have not said that. That's right. So it's it's uh, yep. you got to feel you got to feel sorry for the kid. But then again, we don't need to go down that that whole political angle. It's just it's it's just horrible. No, we don't. But I mean, people, other people, and uh, are being caught up in this. And right, whatever their their ties are, who would know? I don't know. But but there's a, a lot of uh, probably innocent Russians who are being caught up in this whole deal, and it's uh, very unfortunate. So that's that's going to play out. You're right. It's going to be very interesting to see how that all that all plays out in uh, in the motorsport. 
court game. It was interesting listening to is it's a Steiner, right? Steiner old is is the boss of, oh, yeah. and he was saying, oh well, they take Ural Kali off Pass, it. Yeah. They they're okay uh, yes. financially because they're about they could be. Uh, someone was trying to break it down on a motorsport website today because they get about for where they finished yada yada yada. They, their prize money gives them about sixty million US. Right, and then the the budgets around 140. They reckon they are working below the 140 US budget. Uh, they think that, that yeah. the Ural Carly is around 30, and that uh, Gene Haas will just keep topping them up or whatever. But those money is not an issue. I'm going, wow, money's not an issue. Uh, we got a text back from Joel Ben Stewart. He says, give Ben Stewart a search up. <laughs> He's a 16-year-old from Wellington. He had a clean sweep in the Mazda Racing Series in Highland and Ruapuna, an 87% win percentage for his rookie year. How about that? <laughs> That's some good stats right there. That's or maybe good... we, we need to actually do a bit. I, uh, maybe I should do a bit of research there. We should do that and, and check up on Ben. So um, who was – it's Joel. Thank you, Joel. Thanks for, uh, for letting us know. And, and good on you for being a supporter of Ben because um, he's up and coming. And, um, yeah, we'll have to do a little bit more following there, won't we? We, we will certainly have to do that. Double A-double-three is the Tampa Bedpost text line. If you want to win that Repco dartboard, tell us who you would like that to you drive do. you to a party. All right, Murph's been thrown out. Mm. Scott Dixon, Scott McLaughlin, uh, Ben Stewart. Uh, what did we have? We also had... Um was it Michael Schumacher? I thought I, I personally uh, would would have loved the late Ayrton Centre to drive me. Uh, so, there, oh, hey Murph, uh, I'd let you drive me one night, and I'll tell you in person that Scaife's a. Uh, this person does not like Mark Scaife. I cannot say that. I cannot use the language that he is talking. Hey, stick around. This is Repco Race Control. It's coming up to eight fourteen. Billy Fraser is next. 818, don't forget to tell us who you'd like to drive you to a party. Who would you like to be your chauffeur? Text us on double eight double three, the tip of bedpost text line. You could win that Repco dartboard before 9 o'clock and time is running out, so get on it. Hunter McElroy got on it getting pole in the opening round of... Uh, Indy lights for his Andretti racing team, but gee, it was sad to see him go out that way. And he was gutted, wasn't he? I saw his, his post on Instagram and he was filthy with himself. Yeah, very filthy with himself, and, and rightfully so. Um, but uh, speaking to his dad, Andy, who got back from America yesterday, was over there. Him and uh, uh, his wife, Mel, Hunter's mum, were there for that first round, and, and obviously pretty tough for them too to, to see that happening. Um, the point was, though, that he was out the front. He was dictating the weekend. He, was, he got off pole um, and was doing a superb job, and that was recognised. And... Um, Fortunately, as Dad was saying, they were out on Sunday night and uh, at, a, at an event, and there was a few IndyCar drivers there as well. And Mar- Dario Franchetti was there, and Scott McLaughlin, Scott Dixon, and they all had been watching the race, and they were all aware of it. And they were all telling him about the times that they had gone and stuffed up and made mistakes and done stupid things and all this kind of stuff. And and uh, you know, I think it. Uh, Andy said it really did help him sort of put it into context and understand that it does happen. But, you know, for a young guy that's got a lot of support behind him, a lot of backing, there's a lot of people that have put money into him doing this, it's, you know, it's, it, he feels he's let people down. And that is an obvious feeling, right? 
Mm-hmm. But uh, at the end of the day, he will bounce back. Um, there's no question about that. He's a very talented young man, and um, he's got a bright future, and he's in a great team at Andretti Autosport there. So they recognise his, his skills, and, and he will learn, and um, he will grow and evolve and, and move on. So excited to see uh, what happens next for him. It's a little way away, isn't it, his next round? Now I yeah. can't actually remember. But early early days, the other uh, young uh, Kiwi that was uh, flying yeah. around the track uh, was uh, Billy Fraser in USF 2000, a second and a sixth. So he now sits second in the championship. We had a chat to him earlier, and I asked him first up: Did you expect the season to start so well? Oh, to, to be honest, you um you never really know. We we had such a strong preseason testing. You know, top top five in, in every official test test session before the season, and um yeah, St Pete. You know, it's it's an awesome track, and you don't really know what people are doing in testing. So come come practice one. That was kind of the the first indication where everyone lined up but unfortunately um yeah i didn't make up a practice we had an engine issue so rolling straight out into qualifying um qualified sixth and, and yeah made the made the most of that situation but um yeah super happy with how the weekend went and i i think that's where i belong you know up the front hopefully fighting for a championship Talk to me about podiuming, being on the podium for your, your first race of the season. How how good was that, and, and how challenging in those cars was St. Pete? Oh, it was um, it was pretty challenging, and it's um, it was such a crazy race in the end. You know, it was um, we went nineteen laps without a caution, and then it um, it all yeah, it all ended in um, in crashes and tears. But but luckily, I was able to to make my way through and, and up second. Uh, being being the first race of the year, you know, there was um. And, and missing practice setup wise, we we started the race super strong, but the the car was going off, so I um I lost the spot off the um, about halfway through the race, um fell back to fourth, but but didn't give up, and yeah I, I made my way through the carnage on the last lap to finish second, but yeah unbelievable start to the year, first podium in USF, and and hopefully um and hopefully not my last. What is Saint Petersburg like to drive? Oh, it's um it's intense, you know there's. But for me, you know, driving driving New Zealand tracks, there's there's nothing in New Zealand quite like it. Um, just with with the walls, obviously. But uh, being my second year there, a lot more comfortable with them. But it's um, you know, it's out of the movies. You you've got this aeroplane runway into turn one, which potentially you could go five or six wide down into a one lane, two lane um, turn two. So it's just um. It's so intense. You make your way through the the back of the course through eight nine seven eight nine, and it's um yeah it's single file, sharp ninety degree right handers. It's uh and then you you know you finish the lap right next to the water. Um you know being in St Pete the last week, you've we've been able to explore the the area a little bit, and it's um it's so beautiful, and it's um it's a really good spot for a racetrack. How tough is it on the car? Oh, that's that's the thing, you know. These these walls bite. So um, on the car, it's uh, it, it's it's really tough on the tires, surprisingly. And um, as the weekend goes on, the the tire degradation goes down just as more and raw rubber gets put on the track. So on the car, um, over the bumps, you know, you, you're getting a little bit of um, little bit of air sometimes. But yeah, it's only tough on the car if you're um, if you're touching the walls. But <laughs> apart from that, a bit of bit of tire dig, um, but you get getting better throughout the weekend. Sixth place in race two. What was the story with that race? Was it because you did so well in race one, you had to start further back in the field? Uh, so what that was is, um, so we had one qualifying session for two races. 
And and with that, you had to put down two lap times. So your fastest lap is where you started race one, and your second fastest lap is where you started race two. So missing practice, it, it took me quite a while to, to get up to speed. And even starting the first race sixth, I was um I was less than a tenth from pole. That's how close it was. And that was on the last lap for me. So my second fastest lap was the 12th fastest lap. And, you know, I, I can understand that. Um, obviously, going forward, I, I can't afford to to not make the most of qualifying, but I was still getting up to speed. Um, and, and yeah, that's what, so I started the second race 12th. So not um, not where I wanted to be. You know, there was a great opportunity in the second race. Um, our, we made a few changes in the car and and we were fast. And, and St. Pete's one of those tracks, it is hard to, to pass that, but I made the most of my opportunities, avoided a couple of big wrecks and, and yeah, came out sixth. The fact that you can get the car up to speed quickly will bode well come qualifying for the next round at Barber, won't it? Yeah, for sure. So that's um, that's one thing. Uh, Barber's, um, although without the walls, it is another track where it is quite hard to pass it. So qualifying is key and, and staying at the front. That's, um, that's one thing that I'm really looking forward to this year. You know, we've, we've got a fast race car and I'm feeling a lot more comfortable in it. So last year in my rookie year, you know, I, I know I'm a good racer. But, but this year, you know, I won't necessarily have to worry about making my way through the field and, and starting up front and staying there. And hopefully um, with a few race wins can come along with that. Billy, there was some confusion that you're, you're racing USF 2000 when I think at the launch of your going forward last year, you were talking about going to Indy Pro this year. May I ask what went down? Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, my, my focus was, you know, going, going into the state to, to move up to, to Indy Pro into my second year and you know, we, we had this fantastic Billy Fraser Racing Supporters Club launch um, which you, you emceed you did a fantastic job there Stephen and, and yeah I announced that I was I was moving up to Indy Pro so through the off season I tested in Indy Pro and we had some really strong tests uh, and then yeah the, the offer from Exclusive Autosport came up to, to stay in USF and, and be the team leader you know the of the USF program, you know, a new engineer, um, a new chassis, and why um, why be hard on myself? You know, chase chase another rookie championship. Why not stay where I am and, and chase a chase a scholarship and chase a championship? So it was um it was all part of my team's decision. You know, we we looked at the looked at the facts and said um yeah, staying in USF 2000 and 2022 gives us the the best opportunity to to really build some momentum rather than kind of sitting inside that top 10. Why can't we, you know, fight for those podiums every single race and, and have a really strong year that I know in the long run will, will pay dividends, you know, learning the tracks to get off driving tracks. I've driven again in the same car that I know, I think um, it was a really good move. And, and we showed at St. Pete that it's, um, it was definitely the right one. Now, Dad, James is with you. Uh, is he there with you for the whole season? Cause I hear, I, I see actually you two are trailer park boys. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're trailer park boys at the moment. You know, he um, he's on a three month visa. He has to go <laughs> home at some time, but I know I know he'll want to come straight back. But it's um, yeah, it's been it's been a pretty exciting few months so far. It's um, yeah, like like you said, we're we're living in an RV, which is which is pretty spectacular. Um, I've never done it before, but you know, we're 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 on a tight budget, so you know, no hotel rooms for us, cooking for our own yeah, our own meals. It's um, it's pretty exciting. It's um. 
yeah, road tripping America. It's um, it's a bit of a dream at the moment. <laughs> Must be neat having dad though, huh? And, and experiencing all this. And he, I, I see somewhere on Insta, uh, on Facebook, he said you had a whole lot of the uh, trailer park supporters uh, come and be the, the the race weekend at St. Pete. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm um, I'm outside my trailer doing my exercises, doing a little bit of neck training. So I've, I've got a few questions. Um, from that and and yeah, people people ask why why you're training your neck and then you, you start talking about St. <laughs> Pete, you start talking about IndyCar and and yeah, I think we had we had 15 people from the Scottish RV park at, at St. Petersburg Grand Prix supporting me. It was pretty um pretty wild, pretty awesome. Well, but but but, but like a home away from home. I saw you post uh, you're at Indianapolis. Uh, are you racing Indy this year? Indianapolis this year in the, in the formula. Yeah, yeah. So USF two thousand, we um, we have two races in in Indianapolis actually in May, which is which is fantastic. So we've got got two at the road course with IndyCar, mm-hmm. and then we um, we also do our, we don't do the the five hundred oval, but there's another another oval in Indy called um, Lucas Oil Raceway. So we have our we have our fifty, oh no, seventy five lap race there actually. Um, I believe that the Friday before the five hundred, which is which is pretty awesome. How different, cool. how different is the banking? It's um it is it is quite quite interesting and especially Lucas Oil, you know, it's a it's a staggered bank, so the wider you go, the more camber the track is. So in in sense the the wider you are, the closer you are to the wall, the more grip you have, the faster you can go. So it is, it is um it is pretty exciting. I believe we have a test there hopefully in in the next three months just to just to get an idea of it before we go there for for the race but it is um yeah it's super special i know the first time i oh the first time i was on it i um i gained a lot of a lot of uh, respect for for oval races you know it's not just two left-hand corners because you think about it it's actually it's actually four corners and everyone's only got those same four corners so every single meter of track has to be maximized you can't you can't set the car up for anything else. You've got to be good at those corners, and um, and yeah, to to make your moves, you've got to be super bold and courageous. It's um, it was it was a race last year. Um, I really enjoyed. And just one final thought: What was it like being at St. Pete when Scotty won his first Indy race? Oh, it was it was awesome. You know, we, we Dad and I we watched um we watched all a hundred laps. It was it was amazing. And, and the best part about it is it was never in doubt. You know, we were we were comfortable. We got a little bit nervous towards the end, but it was um it was so so cool. So yeah, massive congratulations to Scott. It's um yeah, I can only imagine such an awesome feeling, something I want to do one day. Oh, I think you will, mate. And congratulations on the start of your season. You're sitting second in the championship, mate. Take care. Enjoy road tripping with Dad, and we'll talk again. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Stephen. Billy Fraser, New Zealand driver, traveling around trailer parks. And racing with Dad, his dad James, second in the USF 2000. Mate, he's grown up a lot, hasn't he, mate? When you start talking to them, they start getting mm. getting down to business and being professional race car drivers, huh? Yeah, well, um, well, that's the goal. Professional at the moment, uh, they're still having to pay for it, aren't they? So <laughs> until uh, he's getting paid, he's not professional, but he's uh, living the dream, that's for sure, over there and traveling around the circus and, and you know, being at the racetrack and, and living it, absolutely living it. And you've got to. If you're going to yeah. be successful, that's uh, the way you've got to do it, just like Scott Dixon did and now Scott McLaughlin, Hunter McElray, um, all these guys that are over there, and Billy Fraser as well, are doing a great job in representing uh, the New Zealand flag.
Doing great. All righty. Yeah, this is, I'm going to give you one more chance to uh, text us. And if you would like to win that Repco dartboard, text us on double eight double three, the uh, temper bedpost text line, and tell us who you would like to have you show for you to a party. Uh, Jamie has just texted and said, I'd 100% have Murph drive me around. I've grown up watching him with the V8s and always idolised him. Met him a few times in Timaru at levels as a kid. So plenty of memories. There you go. My auntie and uncle wow. used to own a Murph edition Commodore, which I was a Addicted to. Thanks, Jamie. Just keep your phones open, folks, because uh, Sanjay will probably give you a call. And if you're getting that call, you know what it's all about. Stick around. Bree Morris next. Oh, yeah. Let's get a little down and funky. 8.36. This is Repco Race Control with Stephen McIver, Greg Murphy at the estate. Out there and where do you live? Is Havelock North or Hastings? I can never remember. In the Bay anyway. Uh, Brianna Morris is a name we should keep an eye on. Uh, in the last round of the North Island Formula Ford Championship, Brianna Morris won two of the three races and probably would have won the first race if she, I think, hadn't had run out of fuel. Is that right, Brianna? Yeah, that sure is. Tell me, uh, you must have known it was going to be a pretty good weekend because I was looking at your qualifying times and you were on. Yeah, I had the top qualifying time for most of the qualifying and Callum Crawley just pinged me on the last lap, unfortunately. Now, we need to ask you a couple of questions. First and foremost, how old are you? I'm 18 years old. Okay, so how long have you been uh, racing? And, and where, did, where, did the, where did you get the idea that actually racing would be a good thing to do? Well, I started when I was about 10 years old and my dad has been in Speedway since I was a little kid and then I've also got family members that do karting, so my uncle has two kids that race and then my papa, Mm -hmm. I think he used to build midget engines and my uncle Matt used to race midgets and also my family friends got me into it. So that's where I started. I think I was always watching and I was like, Dad, I want to give this a go one day. So I went out to have a go day at Mount Wellington and I guess I enjoyed it ever since then. You've been doomed ever since and so has your dad, hasn't he? Um, Having to, you know, go and chase you around the place so you can go car racing. Yeah, Dad's been taking me around my whole life. So, yeah, it's been good with Dad, yeah. When when did you you know you... Sorry, sorry, Murph, you go. You go, Murph. So the the whole Formula Ford thing now, Bree, too. Um, just tell us about how this this came about and um, how much you're you're really enjoying, you know, driving one of these cars. Well, yeah, I went to the Elite Motorsport Academy, and everyone was in race cars, most of them, and they were like, "Oh, so why aren't you in race cars? When are you transitioning?" And I was like. Actually, so when I got out of the Elite Motorsport Academy, I started sorting things out and started racing Formula First for a season. And then I was like, Dad, I want to race one of those Formula Ford cars. So the next season, I jumped in a Formula Ford and I've loved it ever since. What was Dad's reaction when when you said, I want to race in a Formula Ford? Was it, oh, how much is that going to cost me? (laughs) Yeah, most definitely. He was like, well, you're going to have to start saving Brianna Morris. Yeah. I wonder, as a young woman, though, it's easier to get funding for this. Hey, um, I, I guess it does have a good marketing value on it, but it's also you've, you've also it's not just flutter your lashes and kill your hair. You've actually got to <laughs> work for it too. <laughs> 
So, so how big is the challenge for you? Do you go out with with dad or someone and, and go and approach sponsors? Uh, I was. I've been introduced to a lot of people, which have helped me and got me where I've needed to be. And yeah, I've walked into. I've knocked on a couple doors and stuff like that. And a lot of it's also been from contacts from Speedway, also. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a hard hard ask, isn't it? It's a challenge, no matter uh, you know if you're a female or male trying to to find money in this in the sport. And at the moment, too, Bree, um, there are so many young Kiwis that are proving to be so incredibly fast out there, isn't there? I mean, the the challenge to actually uh, get on the grid is one thing, but it's the the competition is is enormous. I mean, how aware of you are you of of the task ahead uh, to stand out and make a name for yourself? Well, yeah, there there actually are a lot of up and coming drivers at the moment, which has made a lot of like a lot of competitiveness out on track. Which, which I guess is also good at the same time because you're not just racing no one, if you know what I mean. Like you're always being pushed, and yeah, you're trying to do the best that you can. Bree, as a young driver, up and coming driver, and you're obviously showing that you are quick. Uh, who's who's training you? I'm currently with the Motorsport Solutions team down based in Christchurch. And then I have Dad that um, helps out on the car. And then I also have Steve that helps out with my engineering side. With Yeah, so Steve Cosgrove from Motorsport Solutions. Yeah. Uh, how's, how's all that going? How's all that, uh, that data and, and all the squiggly lines going? You, you on top of all that? You've got it all sorted? Yes, I've actually, I've learned a lot from Steve recently in the Formula Ford. We, I did a little bit in Formula B, but I've, I've learned a lot more in Formula Ford. There's a lot more to it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, tell us what's, uh, what's the goal? We, you know, where's, where's, um, Bree Morris want to be. What's the you know the end result on if if you could if you could have a guarantee uh, that you were going to make it? Where do you want to be in five years time? If I had an absolute guarantee, um, I think it would be amazing to be a female driver in F one one day. If that was an absolute guarantee, but at the moment I'm really just having a look at what opportunities are out there and I'll just take whatever opportunities that can get me to where I can be racing as a career. Um, but what would you prefer to be doing uh, if you did a choice? Would, do you, are you now seeing that you like driving this, the single-seater style thing? Have you done anything in a tin top to date? Um, you know, with a roof over it, have you experienced that as as uh, GT sports cars of interest to you, or would you now like to really focus on that single seater platform? I've always really enjoyed my single seaters. I've had a go in a Toyota eighty six before, but I'd, I'd definitely much prefer to take the road in single seaters. Oh wow! Well, that 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 that, that is very very cool. All right, Bree. Well, look. Thanks for uh, have you have you come across a guy called Shane Drake in Formula Ford at all? Drives to like a flash looking Marlborough coloured car. It's actually a beautifully set up kit. Have you seen him at all around? I sure have. I'm actually on the committee board for North Island Formula Ford with him. Yep. Okay. How many times have you passed him? 
plenty? Oh, I think, in all honesty, I, I was actually talking to him the track the other day and I said, because last year when I was down in the South Island racing Formula Ford, I was battling with him here at Timaru. And I said to him, oh, we're going to have a battle again this weekend, are we, at Timaru? And he's like, oh, we'll have to see. I think you're a bit quicker this season. <laughs> well, that, that, what a gentlemanly thing to say. But and he's got slower. And he's got slower, <laughs> there's no doubt. <laughs> hey, Bree, it's a real treat having a chat with you. Uh, we, we love the fact that you are fast and that you love what you're doing. We certainly want to keep a track on you. So uh, join us again one day on Race Control, won't you? Yes, for sure. I'd Good luck, Bree. Thank you very much. There you go, Brown and Morris. So she wins two out of three, Murph. That's, that's, a, that's a fair girl. And she's topping the lap time. So girls got some speed, got some pace, knows how to drive. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, and there's um, there's absolutely no reason why not, you know. This I don't uh, see gender being anything to oh, get in no. the way in, in motorsports. So mm. it's it's awesome to see her doing it, and and we need to to get some uh, some more girls in there too doing the job. If you're fast, you're fast. I wish I was. It's eight forty four. This you're is not last. <laughs> Thank you, Ricky Bobby. Uh, it's eight forty four. Stick around. We'll find out who wins the Repco dartboard next. 8.49 on Repco Race Control with Stephen and Greg. Okay, uh, how's your boy going in the 286s, mate? Oh, listen, it's uh, been challenging, uh, but it's been a great season uh, so far. Really, really competitive. Uh, a little bit of biff and barge going on. Some of the, the rookies getting pretty excited out there, but the it, it has been uh, some bloody good racing, as it was intended to be. You know, over 20 cars out there doing the job, but... Um, to finish first, first you must finish there, Stephen. And Simon <laughs> Evans is um, the old, the old bloke, as uh, which he's not really, but he is in this field, uh, leading the charge. He's um, got a very slender lead, eighteen points over Rowan Shepherd, who was very fast at uh, Hampton Downs, and Justin Allen, who is running under the IMS International Motorsport uh, banner. He's running third, so. Um, it's on again this weekend at Pukekohe, two-day weekend, tomorrow, Friday, and uh, Saturday. It's uh, obviously pretty tricky at the moment again with no crowds and the likes and bits and pieces, but they've um, got four races on this weekend, and she should be uh, very much action-packed again. So other national championships that are taking place. There's Formula First are going to be there, the, uh, the Mazda Racing Series, uh, the V8 Utes are going to be there, the Trade Zone GTRNZ, GT3, GT4. Uh, are going to be racing, and then there's on Sunday there's a bunch of uh, BMW classes and Honda Cup and stuff as well. So all still racing, which is great, being able to compete, but um, not uh, as we would like to be with uh, allowing it'll, uh, it'll change, mate. Know, it'll uh, change people through the gates to watch. It'll change. It will change. Nice yep, little but, motorsport. Um, Mercy, Mercy, Mercy motorsport, motorsport. Hey, you know we got that uh, text in from jo- Joel about Ben Stewart. We thought we'd we'd, we'd get Joel yep. on the line and and just uh, give us a rundown. So Joel's on the line. G'day, mate. How are you? Hey, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, so so Ben, is are you and his pit crew for the Mazdas or what? Uh, yeah, so I'm basically his um, his media man. So I take photos for him and just do all his media stuff for him. Oh my goodness! And yeah. there, well, hey, you're doing a good job of the media because you're you're, you're getting you're getting uh, you know you're getting recognised on national radio yeah, yeah. as well, mate. Well, oh, international yeah. radio. Good job. Hey, um, okay, so because, uh, but the fact that you, we didn't even know who he was, so you showed us up a little bit. Uh, how would you like, yep. how would you like a dartboard for your media room? I would not mind that. Oh, you would not mind that. That's such a, okay, so take your media hat off and give me a reaction. Hey, mate, you've just won the Repco dartboard. 
Oh, that's absolutely awesome. <laughs> okay, that's good, Joel. I mean, oh, he's very lucky to have someone that's out there and doing it, and we really do appreciate yeah, you listening to Rep- Repco on. Race Control. Uh, where does he stand in the championship? Yeah. Uh, he's currently leading the North Island, South Island, and National Championship. So. Oh, okay, so yeah. you're on to win oh, a pal. Absolutely. He's, done. <laughs> he's already won the South Island Championship, so... Oh wow! Just yeah. just keep throwing it at us, mate. Just easy. Okay, yeah. winner, winner, yeah. winner, winner. Chicken dinner. Joel, you're a winner tonight. You've got the Repco dartboard, uh, and don't let Ben get his hands on it. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Repco Race Control. So that's just how simple it is. You can do it. Got lots of prizes to give away this season. Merv, we're just we've got about three minutes, so we better and we we cannot forget supercars tomorrow. The first practice live on Sky Sport is the Super Two practice on Sky Sport Five at three o'clock. Uh, the main game practice one is it just before? I think it's around five fifteen our time. Uh, are you pumped here? Yeah. I'm 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 watching it on Sky right now. I think it's uh, Bathurst. Fifty eight laps to go, and uh, Mostert's about to hop in the car. I'm getting Pumped. Wonder what happens. Oh, don't wonder be a, happens. Don't be a dick. Who wins. Come on, uh, you must be excited um, though, right? Really? You're going to say that, eh? Okay, on here. Uh, <laughs> listen, yeah, absolutely. New season kicking off um, this weekend. Uh, unfortunately, I suppose it's a little bit of a downer um, because of what's going on in Australia mm. at the moment uh, with the floods and the and a lot of people suffering in bits and pieces. And I'm sure supercars are really, really feeling that as well. Um, and that will get mentioned over the weekend. Uh, it's a little bit of shame also that we're not kicking off as planned at Newcastle. Mm, so yeah, it's supposed to be good. at Newcastle, which which would have been a drama with this weather as well um, all happening. So it's 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 a little bit, I suppose, um, yeah, uh, not as exciting as what we would have, we were hoping it for, but at least it is kicking off, and it will be, I think, um, undoubtedly, uh, a proper season, and the calendar will be as it is, and everyone will be able to plan properly, which is a, a huge load off everyone's back. So, yeah, listen, lots of changes. As we know, we've talked about how many changes uh, have gone on this season, which is remarkable it's incredible and so there's gonna be a lot of stories uh, unfolding over the next uh, few months as um, everyone you know finds their feet do you feel like making a quick prediction about this weekend so two 300k races it's going to be wet as yep. as young thomas uh, you know what i'd like to see thomas randall show them what he can really do because you said to me last year and we we saw it for ourselves he's got wheels yeah, he has. Uh, he now, knowing that he's got that full-time drive, has got to be obviously a, a load off his mind, I would say, straight away. Uh, able to relax a little bit more that he's got that drive. Uh, he'll he'll be fast, uh, depending on the weather. Remember Nick Percat um, stuck it on pole there. Uh, I think that was at the last round before Bathurst last year, so he was fast. He's changed teams in a Walkinshaw car now. Uh, how's Brock Feeney going to go? How's Shane Van Gisbergen? Um, obviously, Anton Di Pasquale was super fast there at Sydney Motorsport Park uh, last year. So, so many changes. I'm not going to put money on this one at the moment. Um, I think there's uh, a lot to unravel, and, and let's hope there's some surprises. Yeah. I really hope there's a few surprises. It's not the norm. I, 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 our, our mate who we talked to last week, well, your mate, but a show, mate of the show, Lee Holdsworth, I'd like to see him uh, you know, do some. I'm, I'm, but I'm uber excited about Erebus. They've shown late, they showed late season form. I would like to see Erebus uh, become a little more dominant, maybe be a bigger team and show them just through results. Yeah, and maybe that maybe that will happen. I know they were very buoyed after last week's testing, so let's uh, let's see, mate. Uh, it all will start to unravel. Qualifying uh, for supercars uh, takes place. Uh, so was it uh, four forty-five on 
on Saturday afternoon. And then there's a top 10 shootout as well at uh, 6.30pm live on Sky. And the race gets underway at uh, 10 past 9. It's a night race. You're still be awake. You'll be asleep, won't you? You'll be asleep by then. 10 past actually, 9. Actually, you know what? 77 laps. I might it's going to be midnight. I It'll might, be midnight. Hey, I might be asleep. I might not even see it because I'm going to the beach. I'm, I'm leaving Auckland for the first time in about a year and a half. Woohoo! Can have a little beach, a beach uh, holiday. Just use Sky Go on your phone, mate. Sky oh, of course, Go yeah, of course. Okay, that's yeah. us for Repco Race Control. Sweet. Murph, have a great weekend, mate. Uh, we'll we'll talk next week. Okay, oh, I'll see you on Monday. I'll see you on um, okay. Monday for uh, Sky Speed. All right. That's it. Well, let's do that. Thanks, Sanjay. Yeah, thanks, Sanjay. Doing a top job as always. That was Race Control with our good friends at Repco. We will be back next Wednesday. Ooh, a bit of a change next Wednesday, 8 o'clock oh, here yeah. on SENZ. Catch you then.